For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, a social media examiner production. This is the show for marketers looking to stay on the leading edge of social media. I'm Jeff C. I'm the host of this show and podcast and on the social team at Social Media Examiner. And I'm Grace Duffy, the producer of the Social Media Marketing Talk Show and a contributor to Social Media Examiner, where you can find articles and more podcasts just like this one that help millions of marketers make best use of their social media and their marketing. On this week's show, we explore the latest way Instagram is connecting brands with influencers on the platform and upcoming Instagram stories features with special guest Jen Herman of Jen's Trends. We'll also cover Pinterest new trends tool with Jennifer Priest from Smart Creative Social later on in the show. And I am so excited to be joined by our first guest here, Jen Herman. She is an Instagram-loving writer, speaker, and social media consultant. You can learn more from her at her site, Jen's Trends, and you'll also be able to see her and talk to her at Social Media Marketing World 2020, where she'll be speaking. So, Jen, what are you speaking about this year? I'm sure it's Instagram, of course, but what, like, you it's have a specific really topic? Yeah, like, <laughs> you're still trying to figure it out, huh? So I am this year speaking about Instagram strategy, um, which is a really broad term. And the reason why we kept it broad is because it is going to be a strategic session. It's going to be what is working on Instagram in March. Mm. Um, and we didn't want to say now because what's working now is going to be completely different than what's working four months from now. So it will be things like content strategy, you know, whether it's stories or feed posts that are working now, kind of understanding how content is ranked and sorted and searched and those sorts of things so you can really create the best possible content right then and there for your business. <laughs> That's awesome because it's changing so much. I mean, we're going to talk about so much news today. It right? is changing all the time. So over those six years that you've been coming to social media marketing world, what has been your like biggest takeaway? I mean, from, you know, going there, what's your biggest one? So for me, honestly, like I've always said, it's like my Super Bowl, my World Series, my, you know, Christmas vacation all lumped into one week right. because everybody is there. I mean, you guys are there. All of, you know, the experts in the industry are there. All the people that have been following us for years are there. And it's one giant family reunion. And I say that specifically as a family reunion because that's what it feels like. And whether it's small little lunches or small offsite gatherings or big networking parties, parties, whether it's at park or at the convention center, whatever it is, you're just in a constant familial environment with people that you've known online for years. It's your chance to meet up in real life and actually hug them. And while the sessions are great and I want everyone to come to my session and go to all the sessions and learn all the things, 
for me, it really is that personal connection of being able to stand in a hallway, sit at a table and have someone just walk by and be like, oh my gosh. And you get up and you hug and you talk and those kind of connections you just can't get anywhere else. So if you are hearing all this stuff and like, oh my gosh, this sounds amazing. (laughs) You know, it's the holiday season. This would be a great gift to yourself. You know, it's all about you. And so- as the end of the year approaches, you kind of want to look back and see how you're, you performed in 2019 and you want to start making plans for 2020, but you really need to come and join 5,000 fellow marketers, including all of us that you're seeing right here today in San Diego, March 1st through the 3rd in the year 2020 coming up. And you'll get the latest in social media marketing training in Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Messenger, LinkedIn, Pinterest, and you get to meet all of us. And now is the time to register. We'd love to see you there. Learn more about the conference at socialmediamarketing.world. That's socialmediamarketing.world. All right, Grace, it's like this crazy um, visual marketing day today. So kick us off. What's the, what's the first piece of news? Absolutely. Instagram. That's why we have Jen Herman here, our Instagram expert. We have tons of Instagram news. Um, Some announced, some found in the wild, but this first one I'm really excited about. It is uh, Facebook, which of course owns Instagram, expanded brands collabs manager to Instagram creators. And they've also updated their brand policies. But first off, let's talk about the brand collabs manager. Um, It is available now to a select group of U.S. creators. And as you may recall from previous shows or past news, Facebook debuted brands collabs manager. It's to help influencers and creators connect with brands that they can, you know, come up with good partnerships or uh, solid workable partnerships. And this debuted in June of 2018. Uh, They expanded it in December almost a year ago. So no surprise, it is being expanded to Instagram. So, but before we focus on the Instagram part, can you tell us, Jen, what you know about the brand's collabs manager product as it rolled out on Facebook, how it worked, and then also, you know, what you thought about it? So, and I will just do shameless plug for socialmediaexaminer.com. Go look for branded collabs manager or brand collabs manager um, on socialmediaexaminer.com. And we did publish an article on Social Media Examiner that goes into great detail about all this. So if this is just a highlight and you're like, this sounds interesting, I need to know more, you can go read that article. Um, so the idea behind this is that it's, like you said, to partner brands and creators. So if I am the brand and I have the product that I want someone else to do promotional content for, I go in as a brand, they're going in as a creator, and we can sync up our content. It's meant to make it a bit more seamless for both parties to be connected. So you can actually see each other's data on that post. So if the creator posts it, I should be able to see how that post is performing in terms of reach, likes, those sorts of things. So I can see myself what's working, what's not working, especially if you're working with multiple creators or if you're a creator working with multiple brands, this is a good thing to have access to. And it's also, this is lending towards more of that FTC compliance. So FTC laws require that you advertise that you are doing an advertisement for a brand. So if I'm the creator and I'm out here saying, oh, this wonderful new pair of shoes from, you know, so-and-so, I'm, if I've been paid or compensated in any way, I'm supposed to disclose that, not just look like I'm just randomly promoting. And when you do a brand collab, it actually puts a sticker across the top of your post that says, 
in partnership with the other brand. So when people see that, it's an automatic disclaimer and kind of release that says this has been a paid partnership. And it, it kind of alleviates some of the stress off of both the brand and the creator. Um, but it's also Facebook, I think, trying to you know just mitigate all of those influencer marketing issues that have come up with various FTC regulations. So now that it's being rolled out to Instagram and hopefully, fingers crossed, expanded, what do you think (laughs) Instagram creators and brands can expect from it? So right now it's still, it's still really simple. So again, it's one of these things where you can go do it now. It's available to all brands. It's not available to all creators. So you, and you do have to have mutual relationships. So you actually have to go in through your Instagram account or through the brands manager account and approve each other as brand collaborators. So I can't just be like, Oh, I'm just going to start tagging this company. That's not going to work. They have to know that I'm going to do it. They have to give me approval to do it. It has to be this mutually agreed upon relationship. And then once you've done that, you can go in and start creating this content, which you create content just like you would any other way. It's super simple. You upload a post and just like you would tag people or you would tag a shoppable product, you tag a business partner. So it's one button. You type in their name because you're mutually agreed upon partners. It tags them in the post and you upload it. And this works for feed or stories. IGTV is coming. That's not fully available yet, but feed and stories are available. So you can make it branded content with your approved partners. The only thing is that the results that come up in the, in the insights aren't really robust. Mm. Um, I did a bunch of tests and a lot of them didn't even show up at all in the insights. I was like, uh, where's my content? <laughs> it's not here. <laughs> so it was only when it was tied to a Facebook post that we saw the results. When it was just an Instagram post, we weren't getting any of the insights. So again, there's still a lot of things that need to be rolled out in this. But if you do a lot of branded partnerships where you are collaborating with influencers, start using this as part of your contractual agreement. Keep doing what you're doing so that you can see the data and you can see what's being created. But start using this that you get familiar with it. And as those tools become more robust, you've already got your foot in the door and you can then kind of transfer your process management into this and have one stream streamlined kind of dashboard for all of it. Is there a way to flag? Um, like if I was an influencer or a slash creator, right on Instagram, and I wanted to flag and say, Hey, I'm open for business now. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I would like to promote all of your products shamelessly, right? right. Like, how do I tell the brand that? And how does the brand say, Hey, I'm looking for you. So, <laughs> so there's nothing within the collabs manager that allows this, which would okay. be great if it did. Um, because I think that's one of the biggest things that both brands and influencers are always looking for is where is the database that tells me who's available and industries and people and follower count. That would be great. Um, But unfortunately, there's none of that kind of functionality built into it. So you would still have to kind of either rely on other tools or third party, you know, sites or just good old fashioned relationship marketing where you find a brand you want to work with and you're reaching out to them, having communications with them and saying, hey, I would love to work with you and promote your products. Mm. Yeah. So one of the questions I have, so I know that you mentioned that there's some of the the functionality really isn't there yet that's coming. Do you think this is a way for brands to make sure they're getting good ROI with influencers, especially if they do roll out, like taking away like counts? Absolutely. I mean, the whole purpose behind this collabs manager is so that both parties can see the data. So that if I'm the brand working with an influencer and the influencers over here, you know, racking up all these likes and Mm -hmm. click throughs and all this stuff, 
I don't know. I didn't post the content. I right. can't see it. The collabs manager is supposed to open up that transparency. So that as a brand, I can go through and say, I worked with these 10 different influencers over the last six months. These two got us the most results. Mm-hmm. We're going to focus, you know, more heavily on them next year and give them twice the budget. And we're going to drop these three because they didn't produce any results. And that way you're seeing it upfront and it's, not like you're not relying on them to send you screenshots after the fact and everything else. So it is supposed to make it a much more kind of transparent experience for the brand, not so much for the creator. Gotcha. So uh, Jen mentioned some articles that she had written about this. And the cool thing is, is Grace takes all this information today and wraps it all up in a pretty little bow and gives it to you as a present at, in Saturday. How was that for a Christmas medal? You know, tie in. So make sure you go to Social Media Examiner and check out the Saturday post. Grace does an awesome job with that. For our next story, we are going to be talking about Instagram introducing a new layout feature to stories. And what it is, Instagram has announced a new layout option that allows users to capture and share multiple images within a single story. And this is kind of interesting because they had this standalone application layout they rolled out like in March 2015, which is like ancient in social media years. <laughs> and so they're kind of bringing this inside of the app. And why do you think it was they, they did this, Jen? Is it uh, and, and they're moving because into nobody this. Nobody knew it was a standalone app. <laughs> Wasn't it like Boomerang? Wasn't it the kind of same thing? It was. Okay. It was very much. It was very much the same kind of thing as a Boomerang, where originally, yeah, they started as, you know, external tools that people would create content in that, and then you would save it, and, or then you could upload it to Instagram via that, like... But just like kind of like IGTV has been a standalone, Mm -hmm. people aren't using it unless it's in Instagram. They need to bring everything in-house for people to use it. And of course, the moment they rolled out layout within stories, everyone's like, oh, this is so cool. This is so fun. And we're like, um, (laughs) it's been been around around for a couple of years, people. Yeah. More than a couple. (laughs) You know, so if they don't know it's there, they're not going to use it. People the Instagram app has gotten so robust back in the day, you did have to use, you know, Visco to do all of your, you know, your high level editing. You had to use boomerang as a separate tool. You had to use all these extra things and then save your content and then post it to Instagram. But as they make more of this in app accessibility, people don't want those third party tools. So putting layout in there was totally smart. I think it's one of these things where, When they roll up new things, everyone kind of like does stupid stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, why? Like, you don't have to just because you can. Right. Um, And one of the things I want to warn people about is in layout, you can do like six, eight, like, so you've got this vertical image and you can put all these like little mini, they're so small. No one's going to look at all of those. Mm. Like, don't do more than four. Like you can do the two, the three, but if they get too small, and again, remember a story, it's it's rolling fast. A photo is six to seven seconds. A video is up to 15. People aren't going to stop and pay that much attention. So if you're using the layout, be very strategic in the types of content that are going in there. And, you know, you can still add your stickers and your doodles and all the other things to it. So that's going to get really crowded. So let's not try to go too crazy. Just be smart. Great. That's good. <laughs> In addition to layout, Instagram also started rolling out a new format called Reels. And so this is something that they're testing in Brazil right now. And so the initial experimental phase. And according to Variety, Instagram is looking to harness the power and popularity of, you guessed it, TikTok in stories. And so this is actually a way to film your own lip syncing or music videos for, for Instagram stories. So 
I know this is still just an experiment for now and whether or not it'll roll out more broadly, we don't know, but <laughs> oh, you assume. that brand businesses will be able to use. I mean, I know there's been a lot of like questions around like, how do we use TikTok? How do we use TikTok? I want to talk to a TikTok expert, but it's like, and now Instagram is getting involved in it. So, you know, should we be excited? Should we be terrified? What, what? <laughs> well, and even like Adam Mazzari, who's the head of Instagram, he even said recently, someone asked him point blank in one of his open Q&A sessions, are you scared of TikTok? And he said, yes, of course. Um, and he said, but it's also a great opportunity for innovation and expansion. So, you know, they're looking at what TikTok is doing. They're seeing the popularity that it's getting. Of course, they are slightly worried about the growth of this platform and everything else. Is it going to take down Instagram? No, not anytime soon. Eventually, who knows? Mm -hmm. But right now, no. But just like Snapchat, just like a lot of other things, Instagram's going to turn around and be like, great. Well, if you all are creating that content, let's let you do it in app within Instagram because everyone's creating TikTok videos and then uploading them to Instagram stories. Everyone's taking that external content and putting it on Instagram because they know that they're still going to get play on Instagram. So why use, again, a third-party tool, especially a competitor, if they can build it in-house? So I totally expect this to be a test that will become a thing. They will roll it out more globally. They'll work out the bugs. They'll look for ways that they can be different than TikTok, just like they wanted to be different than Snapchat while still keeping that user interface similar to what people were used to. And, you know, whether, you know, we look back to the the days of Vine and all these other things, Instagram could take down TikTok. They may not. We don't know, but they're going to do their best to let everyone do that right within Instagram and have fun doing it. So the question I have, and I look at this from like business kind of side of it, and TikTok uses a lot of like copyrighted music. People are lip syncing to sometimes whatever they want. That's what I think about. How are they going to bring that over and do it legally and how business can use it without being scared that, oh my gosh, I'm going to get sued when I, you know, when I have ZZ Top behind me playing, what's that going to look like? This is a big red flag issue for me. And Instagram feed content is heavily subject to copyright violations. And if Instagram recognizes any sort of copyright music in your feed post, they will shut that down. They will be like, nope, you're denied. Mm -hmm. And your post just basically goes in the depths of despair because it will never see the light of day again because they block it because it's potentially copyright violated. Stories tend to get around that because it's such short form content and it's only a couple seconds. Mm -hmm. And that tends to... And I am not 100% up to speed on the copyright rules, but I think there's like a a limit to how much time you can use where, where it's considered copyright. So there's like... Does the 10 seconds that you do violate copyright or does that get you by? Like there's all these little gray areas that are going to have to be addressed. And again, this is one of the challenges, not to make this a whole legal conversation, but this is one of the challenges with law versus social media is that, you know, the legal system is so far behind what is happening with this. And there has to be some sort of leniency provided, but Right now, technically, yeah, it's copyright violations to yeah, post that, this content. And that scares me to death because I don't want to have to, because they did that with I images. Know, if you remember, it. people were doing stuff and Getty went after all these people and were, yeah. you know, they're charging them per use. And so I yeah. don't, I stay away from that unless it's like I have license to do it. So the 10 second thing, I don't know if that's a myth or not. I just stay away from it. And so I can stay out of jail. So that's my, I'm, that's, and I'm with you. Like, yeah. I'd rather be safe than sorry. And if you have, 
have a copyright lawyer or a good legal team that you can go to that can tell you what's safe and what's not safe, by all means, rely on that as a source, not us three who are right. kind of like. <laughs> Our whole goal there. is to stay out of jail. That's all. That's what you need to have in business. Stay out of jail. Um, stay out so of jail. One of the next things we're going to talk about is this great new. I love it. So the Instagram is testing a shout out feature for posts and stories. So we've got layouts, we've got reels, and we're they're testing this new shout outs option, which I think is really cool. Jen has it as well. It, what it does is it lets you add a user's at handle to the shout out field, and it provides a listing of images that the two of you have shared to go together. And so it, for me, it was pulling up stories and also yeah. posts. And you can choose one to feature in your update. Um, Jen, you have it, right? I do. So yeah. this is one of these ones where, you know, I'm always the last to get everything because I swear Instagram does this to me on purpose. Yeah. But I actually got this the day it rolled out. I was so excited. I actually got something new. Mm-hmm. But it is. So you go into a story and you go to the create option in stories. And I think it's only like one or two over and it's a shout out. And yes, yeah, so you can do happy birthday, thanks, happy anniversary or a blank. So let's just say, you know, it's Jeff C's birthday and I want to say happy birthday to him. I can choose that shout out, choose the happy birthday, hit at Jeff C, you know, for his username. And then when that comes up, it's going to yeah show up all the posts that we have been tagged or done together sort of thing. And then you can post it. Now, for the record, Jeff learned this, not me, because I didn't actually publish one. But apparently, when you pull all those up, if you have all of them up there, it will post all of them. I thought it only chose the one you had selected. So can you tell us more about that? Yeah, (laughs) so it it brings up up all the bottom. And then, because so like I did a shout out yesterday to Peg Fitzpatrick and we talk a lot. And I just went, yeah. And it went, and I looked at my stories. I'm like, holy cow, where'd all these stories come from? And I, I had posted all of them. So I, I had to go back and delete them and leave the last one. If you want to see what they look like, I did another one today and I gave a shout out to the awesome co-host here, Grace Aww. Duffy. So you can go look at that and you can see what it kind of looks like, but it's really, really cool. I thought it's, I like anything where you can shout out people or give a co- yeah. collaboration. So. And it's meant to be that kind of more interactive. It's, you know, potentially going to drum up more of that, you know, direct messaging engagement. So things like that. Again, this is, would be great for brand partnerships. Mm. So if I wanted to shout out to social media examiner, when they have their annual anniversary kind of thing, it'd be a great way to, you know, pull up some posts of me at social media marketing world and kind of like highlight, you know, the relationship we've had over the years, blah, blah, blah. So there's a lot of good, you know, business ways that you could do this while giving credit to other businesses that you're aligned with. Okay. I don't mean to be the grumpy bear and I'm not normally the grumpy bear on the show, but I'm going to be the grumpy bear today. (laughs) And I'm going to ask. So I know that, you know, Facebook has been pushing like birthday templates and all that stuff. And I tend to overlook them, I think because, but mostly because I think I'm on it so much and I'm on it for work, you know, so I kind of just overlook that. But I wonder if like, you feel like this might get spammy. I mean, I know the intent there is to prompt engagement and get more private conversation and to build those connections. And that is Facebook's and Instagram's goal or Facebook's goal and onto Instagram to be, to form more connections. But I wonder if this is going to just get to be like too much at some point. I'm sure there's always people who ruin it for the rest of us. And yes, (laughs) I'm sure there will be people. Again, this is something where, you know, my favorite word is strategy. 
be strategic with it. Like, don't just use it because you can save it for as a business environment with partners that you are partnered with. Like the example I gave of social media examiner, or let's say I wanted to do something and it was Mari Smith's birthday. And I wanted, you know, to give a happy birthday to Mari Smith and tag a couple photos where she and I have, you know, have photos together. It enhances my brand because here's you see all these photos of me with Mari Smith, but mm. she's getting the credit for her birthday. So people will reach out to her and wish her happy birthday. OK, that's something that could be brand related, but just throwing up like something random, just that I would never on a business account say at happy birthday to a personal friend of mine that nobody in my 20,000 followers knows because they're going to be like, okay, who, like, why do I care? Like, right. so there has to be a motive to it. That's still going to serve your audience, not just you as a brand. That's how we can try to keep this a good safe space. <laughs> yeah. I concur. I concur. <laughs> well, okay. So we have one more, I think I believe one more new feature to talk about. So Instagram appears to be uh, experimenting with a new photo booth option. So it's supposedly working on a new stories camera feature that'll stitch a series of up to four photos. So it'll take four photos in succession and then put them together into a mini stop motion video that you can then upload, I believe as intended as a story, but I think it can be opposed to it. I don't know. So this was uh, found deep in the code by Jane Manchin Wong, who is a reverse engineering pro when it we comes to her. these. She's amazing. We love her. <laughs> she keeps uncovering all these things that, of course, we find out later, you know? <laughs> so right. do you see this as being a creative tool like a lot of creators can use or should use? Or, you know, do you see what's the possibility here with this? I mean, like with most story things, the possibilities are endless. Like it's your creativity is going to be the limitation. And these are the things where I am not so creative, but a great stop motion could be great for like an unboxing, right? So you have an unboxing series of, you know, a new product or a product launch, or if you just got a new, you know, tech device and you want to do an unboxing, a great stop motion is a great example of that. Is it going to be great for everyday things? Probably not, but there are some creative ways you could use it. There's things that you could tie it into your business, depending on what you do as a product or a service. So like with all things, I think it's going to be when it does launch, um, assuming it does, everyone's going to do all the stupid stuff that they do because they can, and then it'll kind of taper off and people will start looking at it a little bit more strategically, my favorite word, um, in terms of how they can use it with their brands. Awesome. So here's the question I have. Are we getting too many features in Instagram stories? Because that it's almost getting like unwieldy. And I'm like, yeah. my, my thing, I'm like, maybe I'm just old, but I'm like, I just want to do a picture, you know? And, I, you know, and I'm like, it's, the video? it's turning into Snapchat. I'll be right. Which way do I swipe? I don't know what to do. And so is it getting too big? And how can they, you know, maybe change the interface? What are your thoughts on that? I mean, Again, maybe I'm dating myself and sounding a little old. I feel like it's too much, but the reality is no. I think they will continue to do this. They want Instagram to be your one-stop shop. They want it to be the destination where you're on there more minutes per day, more hours per week, so they can serve you more ads. And the more functionality they provide, the more likely you are to use it to create content. And if they can get ahead of the curve and create content before a competitor does, it puts them ahead of the game. If they can stay competitive with the other companies that are doing these things. It keeps people on the platform. People love Instagram. And again, us old folk, not that we're old, but let's face it. <laughs> That's right. We're not 18. These 18 to 25 year olds, they just adopt this stuff right. like it's air, like the swiping and the adding and the toggling and all the things. They don't even think about it. It's such a natural 
process for them mm-hmm. where I'm like, was that a left or a right swipe? Am I going up or down? <laughs> right. Did I have to tap? Did I have to swipe? It's like a combination. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm over here feeling like I'm like an 80 year old grandma trying right. to figure out how to turn on the computer. And these kids are just like instantly swiping and tagging and toggling and adding all these things. So as long as they're using it and it's conducive to them, which this is the audience they want to keep, they're going to keep putting this stuff out there. And until that audience starts complaining about it, we're going to keep seeing more and more and more. Gotcha. So this last piece of story is kind of about ad spending. So Instagram stories claims almost 10% of all Facebook ad spending is it's, coming from the uh, end of the third quarter, and they're spending all this much more money on stories. And Facebook has warned investors that their third-party uh, earnings call that they may, it may take a while for advertisers to really catch up on the trend, but that Instagram stories jumped up almost 70% from the prior year. So I'm seeing a lot more stories ads in my feed. Is this going to be starting to get really, really crowded? Are we going to get into story blindness is what I want to know. I think so. And what that looks like and how they mitigate it, um, I think it's going to depend on various factors, including how often a user is in there. So somebody like me who does not watch stories, I know, shocking, um, but I don't. I'm not a stories person. And so I only watch one or two people's stories. So you can guarantee that they're going to try to shove as many ads in there for the 10 seconds that I'm there. You know, I'm going to be seeing like pre, mid and post roll ads at this point because they're trying to get my attention. But yeah, it's, I think if you're on there more, you will see less ads, right? Because they're going to base it on, you know, kind of your time spend. And if they want to serve you 10 ads, but you're on there for 15 minutes, they can space out. But if, and the algorithm knows all this stuff about you, you guys, this is not rocket science, but if you're on there for only a couple minutes at a time, you're going to see more ads more frequently between the posts. Again, we've all learned this as marketers, the better your ad is, as in it's real content, it's organic, it looks like what your audience is looking for, the better conversions and you know click-throughs and views that you're going to get on those ads. When your ad looks like an ad or it's drastically different than what your target audience is looking for, that's when you get the like shell shock, like, right. oh God, get rid of it, get rid of it. You know, and we're <laughs> trying to like swipe and tap and get it off our screen. So you really wanna make sure that you're paying attention to that target audience who they are, their age range, what they're doing on Instagram, really make sure those ads are targeted to that audience and crafted accordingly with the right types of, you know, stickers, content, music, whatever it is that they actually want to participate in that story that comes up. Awesome. So this was a report from um, Bloomberg and they were taking this from a study in uh, Social Breakers. And there was a note in there I wanted to highlight for our audience. It says that, Instagram itself said this, that story ads are still relatively cheap at this point, right? They're still relatively cheap. So all these things that Jen just uh, shared with us and suggested that we do, I think it's now is the time to do it, right? Now is the time to experiment. It's not that expensive to do it. Try it out, do some testing and get started. Would you agree? Absolutely. And again, this is one of those things like when Instagram ads first came out, they were really cheap, right? Because no one was using them. So they have all this, you know, space to fill Mm -hmm. and no marketers to fill them with. But now we're seeing Instagram ads get more expensive because they're becoming more saturated. The story Mm -hmm. ads are still that kind of unsaturated market. So if you can get in there, start experimenting, see what works, go and look at your actual stories and that data and see what your normal stories are doing for for, for, for 
for performance. And then you can take those similar mentality and put that into your story ads. That will work a lot better for you. But and just you definitely want to like get in on this, try it out, see what works, experiment, take advantage while you can because it's going to get more saturated and. And I I can't remember the exact study, um, but there was one out there recently that said that story ads have the highest conversions of all the different Facebook ads. So people are tapping through. They're taking advantage of those opportunities. So get in there. Use them. Awesome. So, Jen, other than Social Media Marketing World 2020, where can we find out more about you? Well, I'm everywhere. Um, it feels like I'm everywhere. So yeah, jenstrends.com. Jen with two N's. Uh, jenstrends.com is the website. You can find me on Instagram at jens, J-E-N-N-S underscore trends. And come hang out in my Facebook group. If you just search Jen's Trends in social media on Facebook, you'll find the group. It's a free group. And it's where I share all breaking news related to Instagram first, as well as all our social media updates and fun things and conversations. So come hang out and say hi. Awesome, Jen. Thank you so much. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Oh, um, (laughs) we got to get on real quick. We're going to bring up our next guest and she is one of the smartest ladies on Pinterest that I know. She does. uh, I met her a couple years ago. She spoke last year at Social Media Marketing World and um, she is just really, really really pretty smart. And I think you're going to really enjoy her. She's the first time she's been on the show, but she is not new to Pinterest. She is amazing. It's Jennifer (laughs) Priest. She specializes in hashtags and Pinterest SEO. She's the owner and chief strategist at Smart Creative Social. Jen, Jennifer, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. (laughs) Yeah. And you're also a speaker at Social Media Marketing World. I want to make sure everybody knows that. Can you tell us what you plan to speak about this year? I'm going to be speaking about video on Pinterest, which is huge. And a lot of people are having some challenges with actually getting click-throughs. And so that's what we're going to be focusing on is how do you get people from Pinterest to your site and use video the most effectively on Pinterest. Awesome. I've kind of like hung out and sneak secretly watched Jennifer <laughs> Priest on her Facebook live videos. And she she has some great things about Pinterest video. So you make sure if you're at the conference, you need to go check out her session. So it's going to be awesome. So we've got some Pinterest news this week, which of course I'm all excited about. So Grace, tell us all about it. So Pinterest, I think within the last few weeks, released a top 2019 search trends and then also announced a new Pinterest trends tool, which is currently still in beta. So it is rolling this it's rolling out to users, I think, over the next uh, couple months. Uh, But the really cool thing about this tool is that it shows the top U.S. search terms within the last 12 months. It also provides powerful insights like top search terms um, when they peak so that you can better understand how your content will perform on Pinterest to test out or confirm the ideas about your topics and all that. So this trends tool is coming out to the uh, desktop in the U.S. over the coming weeks. And they also release the trends, uh, Pinterest top 100 trends. Now, Pinterest is really good about releasing trends information, but this tool actually puts it in marketers' hands so that you can look in real time of what about what search terms are popular. So can you tell us more about this tool and how marketers can use it? Like what information does it provide? Tell us, tell us everything. Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, a lot of us don't know a lot about it because it's still in beta. So we haven't actually been able to like touch it and like get our hands on it. Um, which, you know, kind of like how Jen was saying, I'm like, I think they roll stuff out to be late too. That's right. <laughs> Cause they know we're going to get in there and like really mess with it. 
you know, this, this data, we kind of can glean on our own. We, we, you know, any of us that have been doing kind of this research on Pinterest have been trying to do this on our own using like analytics tools and those kinds of things. But this tool is really going to be like SEO, like keyword research on Pinterest, like we do for Google for our content. It's going to be like, I imagine based on what Pinterest is telling us, you know, it's going to help us verify um, our assumptions. It's going to help us look and see, you know, what volume of searches are happening and you know, what points in time throughout the year those are peaking, very much like how we use a tool like Keyword Finder or SEMrush or, or Hrefs to, to do that kind of research on uh, Google. So I feel like with this step, Pinterest is really like solidly embracing that they are search. So, mm. so I, you know, you mentioned we have, I don't know anybody who has this in our community, the Pinterest no. trends. Have you seen anybody who's actually like, Hey, I've got it. I haven't seen anybody who has no. it yet. So they must yeah, be doing it for yeah. the big brands. So once this rolls out, so I know you're huge on Pinterest SEO. So what's the first thing like you're going to like really use this tool to, to figure out or confirm? Right now we already do this with just looking at analytics, mm -hmm. right? We look at what's trending on our content. And this is what I teach too, is that, you know, look at what, what's performing over time. What's, you know, peaking at different times, do that keyword research on Pinterest. I think this is just going to help refine everything so much better. It's going to save a lot of time. It's going to help people that aren't that analytical or that don't have the time to really deep dive and look at their Google analytics compared to Pinterest analytics right. and all of that. Right. It's going to really help them um, shorten that process. And, you know, one of the things that this tool is going to do is like, say you start typing in a keyword, it's going to auto complete. Mm. And I think that's going to be really cool because you may have an idea that like you want to do a shrimp recipe and maybe it, it, you start typing in shrimp. And I imagine, because again, I haven't used it, yeah. that it's going to auto complete the trending things that are coming up for that. So I think that's going to really help us with coming up with content ideas that we may not have had on our own. Cause we just don't even, we're not even aware that that's something people are searching for. Gotcha. So and you and I could probably do an entire hour on this, but what do you think most marketers overlook when it comes to Pinterest? Oh, wow. Yeah, there's a lot. I think using the, the tools as the user uses it, you know, I think we forget to go in and actually do searches <laughs> and see what comes up. Like Pinterest has autocomplete up there. They have a dropdown that gives you suggestions. Then there's all those suggested keywords. I think we forget to do the keyword research and really look at what that experience is from the user. So we just start coming up with content ideas or we're like, I'm going to put pins on there. But the thing when I'm working with clients, the biggest thing they overlook is they never do any searches on Pinterest. Mm, that's a great point. So we, it's getting outside of our marketer's mindset and actually go into the mm -hmm. end user and try to kind of hack their brain a little bit to figure out what they're really wanting to get. So that's awesome. Great mm -hmm. advice. Absolutely. So in related news, I, I keep mentioning this, but it was the Pinterest 100, right? So like that was the, uh, their extensive annual report that reveals the top emerging trends. So this is something that everyone does have access to because they did publish this and they wanted to, and they, and they've given this. So it's a report that you can find on the Pinterest blog. Um, and it shows you what people around the world want to see in the coming year. Um, is this data that you use 
Jennifer, is this something that you yeah. use for you and your clients? Yeah. So, you know, the thing that's great about the Pinterest 100 is it's a website bookmark it. You can go back and look at it all year long. Um, but we do have to remember that it's a reflection of what's happening in the world right now. Right. And over the past year that Pinterest has measured right over those 320 million users, they've taken all that search data and collated it. So some of it may have just been timely for this year and it may not you know, be something that you use next year. But I think um, the way that that I would use it as a marketer or for my business would be looking at those things that are that are happening in there and ask myself, where does that align with our products and our goals? Right. Because there may be some things on there, like one of the trending topics was about being binary or not, like all of this gender discussions that are going on. If that doesn't align with your brands, that may not be, be right. something that you are interested in using. But I think there are ways to like look at those things and say, okay, where does this fit in with, with our goals and our products so that we can position ourselves to show up in these search terms so that our relevant product shows up to those users looking for that. Gotcha. So what are some of the highlights or key learnings from this report or something that maybe like really surprised you that you hadn't thought about before? Was there anything that really stuck out? There was something that was up 900%. And I, <laughs> I was wow. like, wow. Oh, indoor water fountains. Hilarious. Up 917%. I am looking for an indoor water fountain. And I thought that was really interesting because what that speaks to is this larger trend of wellness and personal development. And we know that personal development was like what one of the fastest growing sectors in the, mm-hmm. um, as far as like how much money it's making, et cetera. So, you know, again, that goes back to the thing of like, this report is a reflection of what's happening in the world. It just kind of, again, we can use it to verify those assumptions we already have, but now we have numbers, right? We're like, oh, someone's like 900% increase in water fountains. What is an indoor water fountain? Like the, like what you see in the wall where you just yeah. have water out or. Yeah. Like, like, you know, like a little, I had one, it was shaped like a pineapple and then water came out of the top. And like to relax like, with, <laughs> not to get a drink from grace to actually like yeah, a feature. Yeah. All right. So, so it's a, it's a decorative feature. Okay. Right. So yeah. like, like yeah. we're talking like the, the Trevi fountain in my house. No, okay. it's not like, <laughs> like, like your kids go, go get a drink of the water fountain. Yeah. How much can marketers like read into this? So like, I can just see marketers go, oh, what I'll do now, I'm selling, you know, this widget, I'll kind of craft it. So it's like uh, health and wellness that, you know, and try to like kind of almost be spammy. I mean, how much should we try to shift our content to fit some of these trends? I wouldn't. I think there's a a small percentage you can shift it. Like, let's say that you are a wellness person Mm -hmm. and you do tell your clients, like say your wellness coach and you do tell your clients to get water fountains, then go make a post about water fountains, right? Right. And start start sharing that, make a video about water fountains, you know, but if that's not your thing, like let's say that you do lawn care and now you're going to do indoor water fountains, like it just doesn't make sense. Social media marketing and water fountains. Come check out my blog. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, so... One of the things that I always tell people is to remember that your pin, it needs to deliver on the, your content, wherever they're going, needs to deliver on the promise that the pin made. So if they are thinking they're getting water fountain stuff and they go to your site and it's kind of like you're trying to just shove water fountains into something that's not authentic, people know, and that's when they're going to bounce. And Pinterest looks at all of that data, right? Just like Google does, right? If people come to the site and they bounce right away, they're like, oh no, we don't want to serve that up. Mm. So you're doing yourself a disservice by trying to force it. Really, this is data. Look for where it aligns, then move forward with wherever it aligns. 
Gotcha. That's awesome, Jennifer. I can't wait to go to your session again in social media marketing world. It's going to be chock full of information. And if you guys want to see Jennifer and learn all about this stuff, about Pinterest SEO, uh, make sure you go to socialmediamarketing.world. That's socialmediamarketing.world to sign up. And Jennifer, where can we find out more about you and what you do? So you can go to smartcreativesocial.com. Um, there's all kinds of great resources there. And then you can find me on Facebook, just type in smart Pinterest strategy and our free group will come up. And in there, I have lots of, uh, really thought provoking posts and, uh, things that are going to help you think differently about Pinterest. Awesome, well, you rocked my world. Yeah. You rocked my world today. <laughs> yeah. You I'm taught her what a water get, fountain was. Yeah. I'm going to get an indoor water fountain. I am not done with my Christmas shopping, Jeff C. I lied. <laughs> okay. So. Jennifer, thanks so much for coming here. It was, it was awesome as always. Thank you. Thanks, Jennifer. Thank you. Bye. All right. Reminding you, you guys can find out more details and links and notes on everything discussed in today's show uh, on our social media marketing talk show recap that Grace puts together. It publishes on Saturdays at Social Media Examiner, and you can find that at socialmediaexaminer.com forward slash news. And we want to make sure that you know also this is an audio podcast that you can find out more about on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and with new episodes are publishing every Saturday. And just like we mentioned earlier with Jen and Jennifer, that was hard to do, by the way, a register for Social Media Marketing World 2020 at socialmediamarketing.world. That's socialmediamarketing.world. And that is is our last show for 2019. We are taking a break for the holidays. Our next show is on Friday, January 10th, 2020 at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. You can sign up to see our calendar every week at socialmediaexaminer.com forward slash live show. Thank you all of you for joining us here for the live show and for those of you listening to the podcast. And special thanks to Jen Herman and Jennifer Priest for being our expert guest today. Totally all sorts of new information. I always learn tons from Jen and just learned a ton from Jennifer Priest. So hopefully she'll be back on our show again soon to talk about Pinterest. Awesome. Thanks for watching, everybody. We'll see you guys next time. Bye now. Bye, everyone. The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com. If you're like so many fellow marketers and creators and entrepreneurs, you're probably wondering, how do I put AI to work? Well, be sure to listen to the AI Explored podcast, a new show from Social Media Examiner hosted by yours truly, Michael Stelzner. Again, check out the AI Explored podcast.